0: Welcome to the weld.com podcast from welders to fabricators pipe fitters engineers sculptors hobbyists and more we know all of these various roles in the welding industry and how they connect as the hub of the industry we're going to bring in various guest hosts and professionals to the weld.com community to share their knowledge and expertise you subscribe to us on youtube to watch us in action And now on the Weld.com podcast, you can listen as we discuss various topics such as requests from our members, troubleshooting issues, career changes, starting your own business and more. So let's get into this week's episode. Okay, so thank you so much for meeting with me, Barbie. I'm really excited to have you talk to us at Weld.com. Um, I know that you are speaking at the upcoming AWS Women in Welding virtual conference and I was excited to see your name on that list. So I was really excited. I reached out via email and I was like, she's probably going to be too busy. I know you had a lot going on and you responded like right away. So thank you so much. Um, It's
1: an honor. Thank you.
0: Do you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you because I've known you for years and I followed you on Instagram and I know you're a sculptor and I see one of your works of art behind you, but why don't you tell the weld.com audience just a little bit about yourself?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I started welding back in 2007 when I saw the movie Castaway starring Tom Hanks and there's a woman in the beginning who is welding these giant angel wings. And even though I didn't have any artistic talent whatsoever and had never welded before, I knew in my soul that I needed to sculpt metal. Um, Like looking back and saying it out loud, I feel like it's just like, what are you thinking? But it just needed to sculpt, like not wanted to, but needed to. So I saved up money for school and went to local BOCES. It was an adult education class for welding, six months, 104 hours. Uh, And learn enough to get in trouble and get hired at a local custom fab shop. And I worked there for uh, about five years total, and about three and a half years in, I had fixed my credit. I bought a garage with a house attached to it. And I started saving up again and bought machines and started teaching myself how to weld art uh, after work every day and then on the weekends. And about, I think, probably about eight or nine months after i started teaching myself how to weld art quit my job and went full-time um as an artist september 1st 2014 and it has been the most scary most exciting ex- exhilarating crazy ride since then i've loved watching your story though because
0: i've paid attention to your instagram for quite a while and i've loved watching you know you've re- you've wrote books you have do six or seven books now?
1: Six books. Six books. And then are you writing any more? Uh, yes. Eventually I'm going to. I have, not well, I've got an idea. I have an idea for a series of books that I think would be freaking epic. It's finding the time to do it would yeah. be the big challenge. But, yeah, I've got an idea that I think is uh, – I'm like, I'm smiling, I can't stop smiling, I'm like blushing over it, I'm really excited about it, but it's just, gosh, it has gotten so crazy busy, I just like, I don't know, I have to steal some time from somewhere so I can do it. That sounds exciting.
0: Um, so one thing, especially with the Davy in the background. So I watched that unfold and that was a lot. Like I, I watched you how long did it take you to build Davy?
1: Um six, I think. I think three weeks. I think three weeks to do it. Yeah. And I am gonna to stop and think of like look at my pictures on my phone to see what dates I start and stop the like, timeline. Come together. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so three dates
1: ago. on each picture, and then add them up. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's because I know. So from watching you, I remember the Lady Liberty when you did that. That was that your biggest project that you've done to date that took the longest.
1: Yes. Oh my that... gosh, three months and a week on that. Yeah. Oh man, that was horrible. As far as it was the most incredible sculpture to create. Pushed me deeply as a human being and as a sculptor. But it was the most horrible job I've ever done on quoting how long something is going to (laughs) take.
0: And then at the actual time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was like, yeah, a month. And three months and a week later, she was done. Oh, man, I I had to smack myself over that one. Yeah, I think it was a huge challenge.
0: That was a huge project. But what it showed to me when I watched you, the unfolding of that... I was like, man, she has some tremendous work ethic. If there's anything I could Aww. say about you, I know you are a hard worker and you're not scared to go get it.
1: Yeah, Aww. it makes me feel really good. Like, you get done with the end of a day of work and, like, you've worked and, like, your face is dirty, your hands are filthy, like, your shirt's filthy. I don't know. There's just such a deep sense of satisfaction and self pride in working hard, like, for me, like, in working hard like that. Man, I feel good about myself.
0: That's awesome. Do you? So you said that the movie Castaway kind of inspired you to get into sculpture. It, has there been a specific person, like in your welding education and in your career, that has inspired you to like go further with it? Like a certain person?
1: Man, I stand on the shoulder of giants when it comes to that. There are so many, I have goosebumps just thinking about it. There are so many people that have shared their skills and their time with me. And we could start off, gosh, we could start off with my teacher, Jim Ostrom, who like up to the point of going to school, everyone thought I was bat crap crazy because of just like, there's no evidence that what I was doing made any sense that I would be successful. And Jim just absolutely Like He saw the passion, he saw the work ethic, and he pushed me. He's like, hey, do this project, hey, do that project, and he could see that I could see something and then go and make it, and with the work ethic and stuff, he pushed me to go to work at a local custom fab shop, which I did not want to go and work for someone, because I just had bad experiences in auto mechanics with uh, with sexism, and so I was just like, I am not working for anyone else but he pushed me and it was like I wouldn't go and I wouldn't go and go for the interview and so he was like our class is taking a class trip so I would actually go over and look at this company and once I saw it I was just like oh my gosh there's nothing less you know that I would want to do than like go and work there so I ended up going to work there while I was working there um, I was taught tig welding welding by Cheryl Barton who is amazing, a woman, I was so excited, right, like, that was who my mentor was when I first met, which was super cool, Mm -hmm. only two women in a shop, of about 200 guys, all together, she taught me the TIG welding, and her TIG welding is meticulous, thank you, Cheryl, I appreciate that, because she pushed the hell out of me, really, I spent, like, months, like, grinding welds out, because it just, when I started, like, thought I knew what it was doing, (laughs) and they have just such high standards that it really had, like, I really had to push myself to work up to their standards, and it took a long time for me to get there, Um, and then after Cheryl left, I was mentored by Alva Greist, who really perfected the MIG welding and the fabrication side of my skills, so just deeply blessed, like, with some amazing human beings that, uh, that took their time, and that's one of the reasons that it's so important for me to pass on what I know is because someone passed on to me, I'll cry over it. Someone passed on to me their skills and knowledge and my life is beyond epic. Like I can't even begin to tell you like how beautiful my life is. And gosh, if I can share just a little bit of that with somebody, like it just, it would be an honor.
0: Yeah. That I'm sure that means a lot. Have you taken anybody under your wing? like has Um, anybody
1: come to you like uh 20,000 people on youtube (laughs) and all the people that have bought my books and my kits not yet but I do um and really this is just a recent kind of change of mind I'm like I'm never gonna hire someone to make my art which I've seen other artists do and it's not my thing right like to each their own and no judgment i see artists that like they make the designs and then they hire someone else to do it and i'm just like it's just not my bag so i've always been against kind of hiring someone but as i'm moving forward in my business one i'm still in a one-car garage y'all and i'm still creating like all these things from a one-car garage but my plan is when i get a bigger shop which i'm saving my buns off for because i've so outgrown this two years ago (laughs) Um that I will take on an apprentice and I not to make my stuff but to teach them to make their own eventually. Like just teach them all the stuff that people taught me. Definitely one and depending how big the shop is, maybe two or three. Um Yeah, because it's like this will die with me if I don't teach people. And like that's a fear for me that like don't die with your art and sidey kind of thing. So Yes, I'm teaching people through YouTube, through the books and through my metal art welding kits and soon master classes which are coming up. And I'm so excited about that. But to physically take someone and, you know, help sculpt them into being a sculptor, I think would just be passing that legacy on. Like my kids aren't excited about it at all. <laughs> so to be able to really pass that on, like just that deep knowledge to someone, I think would be just the highest honor.
0: That's awesome. I know you're definitely hands-on because I saw you when you were making like his beard, you literally were pulling (laughs) the metal and you had your whole body on the table, like leaning back. And I was like, if she falls, I can't even watch,
1: but it held. I was like, I'm impressed. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had a few people yell at me about that. I'm like, they're like, oh, she would have your tail if they saw that. I'm like, look, I trust my words with my life. I trust my wells, y'all. I y'all should that. trust I, your wells, right? Y'all <laughs> should trust me a little bit more than Gosh. I laughed when I
0: read people getting on you. I was like, she's going to tell them exactly where to oh, go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, like, gosh, there's like 99% of the people, like, I used to have a whole lot of haters. Like, when I first started out, there's a whole lot of it. And, I have, you know, I've run my welder, not my mouth, and so I don't want to say anything anymore, and so like 99.9% of people are just absolutely beautiful, and every now and then you'll get that one person like, that's a funny-looking kitchen, and I'm like, you know, like 13 sentences into like reading them the right act, and I'm just like, ah, oh, it's, just, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Oh, I can roast people so bad. I'm like, I've just got such a crap-talking mouth, and I'm like, some days it is a lot to, And other days I just like, that's not where you want to be when Jesus comes back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or the time. You don't want to spend the energy because then if yeah. you like get into a bad mood, then it'll like carry through into your work and like your yeah. pieces like take a lot of detail. So I can tell like, you just don't want to even
1: yeah. get
0: into the negative mindset. I think you do a pretty good job at
1: staying on track.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the thing is, you know what? You'd never have someone that is successful tearing someone down like that and yeah. so the second thought is is just like you know the first thought is like I will kill you with my words <laughs> and the second one is like look at like they're they're in a bad place in their life they obviously if they were happy human beings they would never say that to me and how dare me go in and make it worse you know it's uh it's definitely a fine line I walk though like there's some days I'm just like yeah
0: I hear you. I bite my tongue. Yeah.
1: What so what
0: one of the questions since it's Women's History Month and that's really why well I why I wanted to get a hold of you is there are a lot of girls that I know I'm actually a part of like this women welders group I've been in it for a couple of years on Facebook and there're like a lot of young girls that are either in welding school or have just graduated a lot of them come to me and they're like i can't get anybody to give me an interview like they cannot get even anybody to give them a shot and i always try and give them advice you know like keep trying keep applying you know keep working hard you know take videos of your stuff practice yourself if you can what's something that you would say to uh, a female who's graduating and like wants
1: to get into the trade Oh my gosh. There's so many companies out there right now that are looking for skilled welders. And just because you get one or two or 10 no's from people who are sexist, listen, just keep trying because there is a shop out there that is going to be so grateful for you. And it's just finding that right match. I dealt with a lot of sexism in the automotive industry. And it's not just the automotive industry. It is in welding too. It's in probably every industry, but there are companies out there who will treat you with the deep love and respect that you deserve. If you're working for a company right now and you're not being treated with love and respect, start looking for another place because there is the right fit for you. And how, you know, like don't share your skills. You've worked so hard for those skills. Like you just don't give that away to anyone, you know, just wait for the right place. Something I'm really excited about is – I. Um, I partnered with a company named Surehand who is a skilled trades advocate like I am. One of their purposes is to connect companies with skilled tradesmen, and that's the reason I connected with them because there are so many women out there that I'm getting the same questions on. You know, people are writing me all the time. So it's really important for me to make sure that people are getting these connections. So wait for it, wait for it. I am going to work with you and make sure you guys have the right job with the right fit. Because these, these companies, like I, get, I have companies that are reaching out to me and asking me if they know people or if I want to work for them just because there's just a need. I think sometimes, like if you're a small town, I don't know, just I think small town, it kind of like, I don't know if you have to be willing to move to somewhere else or drive a little bit farther, but I will tell you like, there's just there's so much money out there for you, and the right job. It just you'll know. You know it's they're they're there. Just don't don't give up, right? Like don't go into another field because you can't find the right job. Like, the right job is there.
0: Yeah, I think that's important to to get across that it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy. Do you know what I mean? Like you're gonna have to hear the no's. But if you don't try, then it's a definite, yeah. So you have to, you have to at least try. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves is that you can't say that there are no jobs if you're not trying. Yeah. Um, so one, you said something that I really love that I wrote down to ask you about. You wrote a quote that said that you're not a fairy princess in the Disney movie. <laughs> no, no one's coming to rescue you. It's up to you to rescue your damn self. And how did the welding industry and you getting into your sculptures and I know you've gone through a lot of stuff personally how did that like mold you as a person to like start having that attitude
1: oh my gosh it's such a great question thank you oh so when I started out gosh you gave me goosebumps this is twice this is good my shop is so long too Oh, I wish I could be I, there with you. Stupid COVID. Like, it's like 72 in here. I'm a wimp when it comes to cold. One of the reasons I took up welding is so I can set little fires on my bench and like stay warm. <laughs> That's so cute. So when I started out in the welding industry, when I started out my journey to become a welder. I was actually dealing with severe depression and throughout my life I've dealt with severe depression. Um, I had zero self-esteem. I hated who I was and why I even had the courage to go after welding. I'm not sure, but thank you. Um, So I didn't have any money. I was on government subsidized housing at the time. So when I was saving up money, I was hauling scrap metal. um, And I was earning $10,000 a year to support a family of five. I was paying my husband's daughter's child support. I was in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And I was, God, I was barely making making ends meet, which I wasn't. Welfare was helping me make ends meet. But going after that goal of, my, you know, my first thought was I need to learn to weld in order to learn to sculpt. And so going after that, let me save up the money for school. Um, and then getting into school, like, the teacher's like, you need to learn TIG. And so I practiced TIG. And, you know, I did get better, like, in school, like, from zero to, you know, my skills improved, and I thought I knew some stuff, which is a little bit. But each thing I went to, like, I need to learn TIG welding, okay? then I earned the job. And, like, okay, so now i got to learn really how to TIG weld. (laughs) So, you know, push my skills a little bit there. Every time I had this... You know, every time I learned, I would meet a goal or I would improve some, it started building self-esteem in me. Now, I didn't set out to do that, but it was a happy side effect of, of learning to weld. Um, I would learn a new skill and it would, little, you know, one more block of self-esteem and learn a new skill over here and a little bit more self-esteem. And just slowly over time, built up self-esteem, um, you know, Fix my credit, self-esteem, buy a house, self-esteem, get the welders, like, starting to teach myself art. And, I mean, like, it, you know, it really started moving. And the thing is, I mean, like, it took me a long time really to realize, one, what I had done on accident. But also that whole, like, that rescue yourself, that quote comes from unintentionally, I grew up waiting for someone to freaking take care of me. Now, look, I've always had a work ethic. I mean, like, from a young age, my old man taught me how to work. I was by his side doing, you know, I did the help put the roof on the house. I helped him do drywall. We painted. I, re, you know, refinished floors. I did plumbing. I did electrical. I wired phones. You know, I, like, I grew up with a work ethic. But for, and my belief is it's these Disney movies. I love Disney. Mm-hmm. I love Disney so much. And up until a few years ago, and they're getting much better now, and I love that about them. But a lot of the older videos and the movies, you've got this princess who is rescued by a prince or by someone. And it's just like this mentality. I think that women grow up, I'll say me, right? I can't speak for everyone. This mentality I grew up with that, you know, that someone's going to come along eventually and take care of me. And like, I'm going to work my ass off. And eventually someone's going to come and help. Single mom for most of my life, and even when I was married, my husband was more of a kid. And I feel you know, so grateful for everything, right? Like no, no complaints. But he was more of a kid than a husband, and so I was like, I have an extra kid I'm I'm raising, and he's bit playing video games while I'm going to work. You know, I just like there was never anyone there to help me out, even when someone was there. And so, gosh, I don't know what Probably like a couple of years ago, really, like really just a couple of years ago, that I came to realize, like. Like bitch you gotta go can i swear am i not supposed to swear i don't know i it doesn't really matter i think that okay, we're I'll, used to that industry to and you me. don't
0: hear that then i think that yeah. <laughs> i would be shocked
1: right i just i, I don't know i'm just like but you need to go rescue your damn self like stop waiting for somebody and go rescue yourself and that's what you know like that's what end up happening is it's like I stopped waiting for someone. And weirdly, it just gave me like this permission to go and, you know, do really well in my business and like stack cash and buy new welders and do this and do that. And just kind of gave me permission. And just wildly after, like, I don't know, after I came to that realization, I don't know, it just was a, was a weight off my shoulders really, but it just, I kind of gave myself permission to to go out and crush it. Yeah, I love that
0: about you. Because I see you have <laughs> you have a really good following now. And like I said, whenever I first got on the call with you, I, I swore to myself, I was like, I'm going to try and email her. I know this really cool chick. I want to get her. And I was like, I don't think she's going to reply to me. And I was shocked that you replied. Like, I I can't tell you how much that meant to me because I've always like looked up to you like, she's so badass. Like, I remember like, just like watching you starting out. And I was like a little, like, I, how long have you been in the welding industry?
1: Uh, I've been welding for 13 years, if you count school, which I count school. So 13 years I've been welding for, which is just mind blowing to even say that. And you were at Fabtech. When was the first time you went to Fabtech?
0: 2017. That's whenever I met you. You had a ton of people all around you. (laughs) And I was like, I like went up and I was like, hi, Barbie. I just wanted to say hi. And like, it was like so much. I was like, man, she's like famous. (laughs) And I never got Um. to have a genuine conversation with you.
1: But I remember like being like, that's Barbie the welder. (laughs) (laughs) oh <laughs> well that means a freaking world to me it's it's so amazing because I don't see myself the way people see me I'm still like a dirty redneck welder that like I talk crap and you know bonfire and tailgate and I don't know I love to weld so it's just it's wild so I did not set out to I did not set out to grow this Oh, what a blessing, right? But you have
0: to, it's your brand though. Like you definitely have a brand and I think it's something to be super proud of and people are watching, you know, and they, and it motivates. Like, I don't think that like people, I don't know how to say this. Like whenever people are looking at you, I think they're like, wow, like I want to do that and I can do that. And that's like a huge
1: thing. So i that's my goal right like that's my goal is it's metal art made easy like it's changed my life from literally like the depths of depression it's like it's polar opposites it's like from depths of depression to dude I can't imagine my life getting any better and then I have a conversation like this and my life gets better and like I go and make another sculpture my I just can't you know another uh Gosh, like another commission. I just got a commission the other day that is just like mind blowing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, and it's just like one thing after another. And that I want to share that with everybody. Like the fact that it doesn't matter where you are right now, you know, you don't have to continue being depressed. Like they told me I'd be on medication the whole rest of my life, that I would never get off medication. And I haven't had anything since. 2003, 2004, like, broke myself a bit early, like, still was dealing with depression off of it, but since getting into welding, like, not even anywhere close, like, I did go into depression a little bit when I was failing magnificently in the beginning of being full time, like, definitely, definitely was depressed, but didn't go back to medication, and was able to pull myself back out of it, I, I mean, we're talking just... I'm like, it, you don't have to stay in depression. There is another side to it. And I'm not telling anyone, like, I'm not saying go get off your medication. I'm not a doctor, nor have I played one on TV. I can well the doctor, but I've not played one. But the thing is, like, it's just, it is possible. Like, if I did it, then other people can. It's like the four-minute mile, right? Like, people thought that it was absolutely impossible to run a four-minute mile. One dude got up there and did it. And then next thing you know, you got like high school kids breaking four minute miles. Mm-hmm. It's my greatest desire that people see that, you know, depression can end, that you can change your life and that you can go and do and have this magnificent, amazing life beyond your wildest dreams. If I could do it, anyone can just, it, it takes the work, right? It takes intentional work. I know now how I did it. Like, I didn't understand, like, as I was going through the transformation, I did not understand how I did it. I know now. And that's why I got into writing the inspirational books, because that's, that's the path I took. And like, no BS, it's like 72 pages. It's short, sweet, and to the point. This is how my life was miserable. This is the steps that I took. This is the steps you can take. Voila, like, go give yourself the life you deserve.
0: Yeah, I love that. I actually, when you posted that post, that was really personal to me that you shared about being super depressed because I will try and not tear up, but I lost my brother to um, suicide a couple years ago. He worked on an oil rig and you would have thought, I mean, he saved all of his money. He had, you know, a brand new truck. He had everything he wanted And nobody even knew, like not even our family, because it was something that he just internalized. And I think that he was like ashamed to say that he was depressed and didn't know how to talk about it. So I lost my brother due to depression I didn't know about. And his girlfriend, you know, had broke up with him and and it was that hard that he took his life over it. And whenever I read about people that were depressed and that they're open talking about it, I feel like in any industry, everybody needs somebody to speak out so that they like become a little bit more comfortable and they don't think something's wrong with them, you know? So when you wrote that, man, I I remember crying, writing it, like I was reading it and you, you need to speak about it. It's something that nobody wants to talk about.
1: It's, uh, it's something that needs to be talked about. I love Instagram filters, but girl, there's so many Instagram filters. I don't know what people look like. Yeah, and the thing is, is like you could be pimply and everything else, and, and this is with all due respect, right? But people put these filters on, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, your skin is so perfect!" Oh my God, they're this, they're this. In this day and age, in filters, it's just like such a—it's a mask that people are putting on, you know. And it's—I think being raw and real. I think we need that mm-hmm. because that way, it's just like I know as a kid, man. Like in dealing in de- depression. I just, I felt so freaking alone. I felt so alone until I started coming out online and talking about it. I had no idea how many people are dealing with it. And the thing is like my, my backstory, like going way back, we're talking, I've been arrested more times. Than I can count on one hand. I have been institutionalized, like locked up straight jacket, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of stuff. I mean, like my, my story is like, it's insane (laughs) but and it just like and it was so hard to share that like there was such a deep fear in sharing that for fear of being judged I'm like I worked so hard to grow my business to grow my brand and I'm like am I committing you know am I committing brand suicide by doing this And the thing is it's like you know what I'd rather have it come out on my terms. I know, like, when people get all big, it's like TMZ and all this stuff. I don't know if I ever get on that level. But I figure this. You know what? One, I'd rather have it come out on my terms. I can control it that way. But also, like, you know what? If people don't like me for who, who I am, then bye. See ya. Like, I'm not for everybody. And I'm cool with that. Like, how boring would the world be if everyone liked the same thing? But, you know And I, I, again, like what's wild is I do these things and I have no idea the impact they're going to have. I just know, I felt like at the time um, I had done a couple of podcast interviews and I kind of like skirted the subject and then someone listened to the podcast interview and was like, you know what? I heard some stuff you were talking about. I'd like to interview you, but I think we need to go deeper. He goes, if you're willing to go and really talk about all the things He says, I'd really like to put that out there. And I felt the timing was right. Mm -hmm. And so he did it in such a way that just so deeply honored me. And it's just stuff that I'm just like, no, I don't know. It's stuff that it's all my skeletons, right? I let them all out. And in a way, it was, I cried through most of it. But it was a very cathartic thing to do. It's like, it felt good when I got done. It was like this, you know, like, it's out. You know what? You like me or you don't, and I don't care. And what's beautiful is I had such an outpouring of love over it. It was shocked me. It really shocked me. But it goes to hopefully give other people permission, like by me sharing my story. Um, hopefully, it gives other people permission. Like, you don't have to share your story, but know you're not alone. Yeah. Um, I encourage people to reach out to me. Um, After that, like, during that uh, podcast, they put, um, and I asked them to put suicide hotline prevention, Mm -hmm. and there was one more, Uh, there was something about depression, I apologize for not remembering it, but, and then there was the AWS, I had them linked to all three, Mm -hmm. but there was eight calls within the first 24 hours to suicide prevention hotline and it shocked the shit out of me like absolutely shocked the shit out of me I had like again like you do what you feel is right you have no idea the impact you have you know I tell people all the time you know and and it's harder today right with the masks and all the stuff that's going on but you walk past someone hold a door for them Yep. Smile at them. Even underneath the mask, they can see your eyes. Smile at them. Let someone out in front of you in traffic. It's such a simple thing to do. Like being kind is free. You have no frigging clue how you would change someone's life just by smiling at them, telling them thank you, telling them I appreciate you. You know, saying I appreciate you, like just you know, if you're in a relationship with someone, bad. Just, think about what you could do today to make their life better, you know, instead of the, the bickering back and forth and, and, you know, just having to be right all the time, find something you love about them and let them know you appreciate it. Your kids, you know what I'm saying? Like my kids at home doing school, you know, because of how things are. And it's just like, man, like there's days where I'm just like, I wish he would go back to school. Oh my like, gosh. Like, we need some space. I love them. Oh my heart. We need some space. it's just like, what can I say to him today? And I'll like, catch him doing something right instead of doing something wrong. It's such a simple thing to do, but you just have no idea the impact that you have on people.
0: Yeah. That's right. I'm definitely feeling you on that one. We've all been home so much that everybody feels like, you know, you're on top of each other. Like all of our houses kind of feel like tiny apartments right now with everybody home. But um. I really appreciate you sharing all that. I know it's super personal, hard to talk about, but I'm willing to talk about it too, because that's a huge thing that, you know, you never know what somebody's going through. Like, I always like think like, you know, even if you're at the grocery store and like somebody's just ignorant for no reason and like you're Mm -hmm. having a bad day, like everything that I've gone through I like almost want to look at that person and be like you have no idea like what kind of day I'm having like who knew if I would be like a person that is like on the breaking point and you could have just said something to put me over the edge so it's always like I can't control those people but I can control how I act so I always try to you know do a nice thing you know just out of out of the ordinary, whenever you want to, like, and I don't go brag about it either. Like I'm a big person, you know, you do a good deed. You don't have to go on Facebook and say like, oh, I paid for (laughs) coffee. I can't stand what people do. I just do those things.
1: I fed three puppies today. Yeah. Yeah. I hold the door for this person
0: and then you take a picture of the person you're holding the door for.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's a thing. It It is is a a thing. thing it's man it's it's those it's a random acts of kindness that yes. like so I mean here's here's another thing if you're feeling down go out and do something nice for someone else because it does it's like a selfish unselfish thing to do because hold the door for someone like they're so surprised like most people are so surprised because someone like people are such in a hurry and so it's just like stand and hold the door for six people you know just be like hey man have a great day No, you know whatever it's just that thing that Yeah, like selfishly, it makes you feel good and it makes them feel good. It's a total win-win, total win-win thing to do.
0: I think it's perfectly okay to want to do something to make you feel good because ultimately it is the right thing to do. Oh
1: my gosh, yes.
0: So to get off of our roller coaster (laughs) of emotions, I did want to make sure that I ask you what has been, so the Lady Liberty... And you have, Davey, and I I love the one sculpture you have of the girl on the swing with her hair in front of her face and the wings. I love that one because it's kind of like, tell me, like, you tell me what it means and I want to see if I'm right.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, I sculpt my feelings, like, I sculpt how I feel and it's between, like, pleasure and pain really um that one is That's just that one's loss you know I lost my grandma at a young age and it rocked my world and sent me or like I was already you know just not doing good and that sent me in a downward spiral that uh led to the arrests and the the depression and homelessness and all kinds of other stuff losing her it was a shock to me never you know like your brother like just never saw it coming uh was 13 years old I didn't have any friends and my grandma was my best friend I went to her house every weekend when I wasn't in school um we're really close and so I sculpt that pain and that for me, like swinging for me, like on a swing, it makes me feel good. There's something, mm-hmm. there's something special about that. And I love the wings and like, that's how that came together was like, that's the loss and the sadness. That's a swinging to, it's a swinging to soothe myself and it's a wing. So hopefully someday that you can fly again. I love
0: that. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that one meant a lot to you. Cause I could just tell. And I think that it affects other people, too. You know, like, I feel it. Whenever I look at your stuff, I can tell that it has a meaning. Like, it's not, like, a little car or, you know, a rose. Like, i not, like, I mean, they're cool. I love the welded roses. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love the things that have, like, the stories. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, you're all right. Yeah, It makes me so happy so because, I don't know. Like, I love that you feel it like I do. Like, that is a gift. Like, that is a, an absolute gift. Creating the sculptures that make people feel, that's where I want to be. Like, that's, that's where I need to be. And if, if it doesn't move me like that, then, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, just, it's so much more powerful when it moves me like that. I am very grateful for that. Don't ever apologize about that. I'm passionate. Girl, I cry at those Disney movies. I cry all the time. <laughs> I'm like, slap your fin, Nemo, you can do it. Just Nemo, like, yeah. Oh my God, bawling. I am, um, yeah, I'm like such a tough girl. Like half of me is like such a tough girl. And the other half of me is like such a wuss. <laughs> so what has been your, this is the last
0: question pretty much. What has been your favorite project, like ever?
1: Oh man, Your favorite sculpture. the one I haven't made yet. The next one, right? Um, completed sculpture that is done is um, the angel that is um, sitting with her hands down on her head. Um, that one there, I actually, I have her uh, tattooed on my arm. Uh, oh, oh, this way, on my arm, which you probably can't see still, but I've got her tattooed on my arm. That was my first masterpiece sculpture. That was the first one where... That's I told you. Like, I told you I could do this. To me and to everyone else that thought I was bat crap crazy, which I totally get it. Like, looking back, I totally get it. But that sculpture there, I proved to myself and to the world that I am a sculptor, that I can create sculpture. That, for me, like... I've done, The Angel on the Swing was one after her. I was just like, this is my new favorite. But I keep going back to that one because, like, I actually wanted to take her down to my grandma's grave and put it next to her grave to show my grandma. But I'm like, she'll see it. But it was just, like, one of those things. It's just, like, one, again, like, that loss. It's, God, it's all the stuff I've ever been through. It's all the people who have like I've been physically abused, I've been mentally abused, it's all that, it's all that pain that that goes into what I do, and so like that's why that stuff moves me, it's kind of like a, it's a release of that pain, but it's also, I don't know, it is, it's cathartic to make them, but like her, it was just like, yeah, I knew, I knew I could do it, like I knew I could do it, that's physical proof. That's awesome.
0: I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me.
1: Oh, I don't know I'm Zoom so grateful for, for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Yeah. I don't know if Zoom will cut us off. I think that this thing had like a 40 <laughs> minute timer on it. So I was like, I don't want her to think I'm hanging up on it. <laughs> <laughs> it hangs up, I'll get over it. I got thick skin. I really appreciate it. You're awesome. Do you, could you send me a picture of that, Davy finished holding your tools so that I could share no it. Way. Yeah. Do you and want a portrait? Wait, po- portrait or landscape? I have to do it this week. Portrait or landscape? Whichever, yeah, whichever one you think shows it. I can't believe it looks like it just looks awesome holding all of your
1: tools. I love it. Freaking love it. I don't know what I think of sometimes when I do stuff. I was gonna. I needed a a hammer holder, and I'm like, ah, oh, make a hammer holder, like thought one you know and then like five seconds later like this inspired thought of like somebody like I can make a hammer holder this is like around the bench or something that hangs on a wall literally in 15 minutes I could be good to go and all my hammers be hung up and I'll be done and I don't know what what takes over my brain sometimes but I'm like you know what would be wicked cool is if I could have Davy Jones yeah and like you know all then like three weeks later I've got you know. 10 minutes versus three weeks. I'm like, ah, you know, and like, then I get the idea and said it out loud and that scared the hell out of me. Cause I'm just like, how are you? I make stuff all the time and I make up my own characters. So it's like, you don't know what, you know, what the, the girl, the, the bat girl, you don't know what she looks like until I make her. She didn't exist then. So there's no rules to like proportions or anything else. It's what I want it to be. When you start touching characters that are, not just known, but like worldwide known, you are treading on dangerous territory because then yeah. it's like, if I screw up, then everyone's going to know, like he's just stupid looking, like he got the proportions wrong and that's not how that looks. So I said it out loud on live stream that I was going to make it and it like almost felt sick to my stomach when I Cause did it. Because you you're like, now like, I have to. Yeah, which I love that, right? Like that's called death ground for me. I love death ground. That's how my art has progressed so fast in such a short time is because I continually put myself on death ground. I say, I'm going to do something. That's like, I have anxiety just saying this out loud. It's good. Like it's a good thing for me, but it's, it's like like I put myself in a position where I say I'm going to do something and then I have no choice, but to show up and make it happen or else it'll ruin my reputation and just for me, I just I have found that I really thrive there. And so I intentionally go and put myself on death ground. Miller gets a hold of me a couple years ago, and they're like, hey, uh, we want you to weld a sculpture live at SEMA. And I'm like, cool, no problem. And they're like, we want it to be aluminum. And I'm like, cool, no problem. Now, I know how to weld aluminum, but I sure as hell had never welded an aluminum sculpture before, and I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I told them yes. And we're talking. It was, you know it's the death of my reputation if I can't show up and, you know, do what I said I can do. And so it's, it's stuff like that, man. Like it it grows you as a human being and it grows you as an artist. Yeah. man, I'd like to be there.
0: I love the challenges you're up for. You, you really haven't, back down from one yet that I've seen of do people reach out to you so say for instance him or any other project so will they reach out to you and ask you to make them one or do you keep those as one-of-a-kind things
1: um I made him for me people have asked me to buy him I put it uh I put a price on it and no one's bid yet (laughs) no no one's bid on it um They will see this and say, oh my gosh, like they'll see this and they'll be like, oh, can you do this? Um, About 75% of my work now, 75, 85% of my work now is commissions. People reach out and ask me to make stuff. Um, Very blessed that I have worked my ass off to put myself in a position where I say no to everything I don't want to do. And I only take very specific commissions now. Um, I have learned to honor my art. I've learned that my time on earth is precious and that if I was to, you know, with all due respect to all y'all out there welding roses, if a rose was the last thing I welded and then I died, that's not how I want to go out. So I really, you know, I was mass producing art. Now I do do the welding projects. I've got a feather sitting right here in front of me. It's the, the videos coming out today on how to weld a feather. Um, I do stuff like this to teach other people how to do it. And my purpose is to teach them this so I can then go on and teach them how to do masterpiece sculptures to get them into the, you know, the stuff that really pushes them as an artist, as a human, and puts them in a position to really financially take care of themselves and their families with like, that's the goal. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm very, very picky about what I, I take now just because, you know, I'm, I'm going to die someday. And I want to make sure like, like when I walk through this door, one of them, i bail, I'm be really excited about what I'm creating. Like teaching really gets. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's. Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode from our Weld.com podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube for weekly videos. You can also join as a member on Weld.com and join forums.
1: Ask technical questions and help others in the community. Now, let's go weld it out.